0: Before we begin, I'd like to thank the Christina Lee Brown Environment Institute, as well as Dr. Nat Irving and the Thrivals for making this happen.
1: Welcome to episode one of the Flourish podcast, where we speak about the multidimensional aspects of health within our beautiful city of Louisville, Kentucky, as well as the nation. During this podcast, we hope to tackle topics within the realm of health, economics, social culture, and how that impacts our future. My name is Shiromo Keke. I'm a student at the University of Louisville, and I'm joined with a clinician specialized in family medicine, as well as a couple other University of Louisville students. So before we kind of get into you know this topic for today, do you guys mind introducing yourselves? I guess we'll start with uh, Dr. Mashindi here today. Uh,
2: my name is Dr. Mashindi. I practice in the state of Indiana, but again, uh, Kentucky and in Indiana, we are just side by side states. So, what we do in Indiana does affect Kentucky as well. So, welcome.
0: Uh, my name is Dennis Mashindi. I'm currently a junior at the University of Louisville studying public health uh, with minors in biology and political science. Um, I also have the pleasure of being the director of the Health Ambassadors Program at the Environment Institute. My name is Ben Barbary. I'm a junior student at the University of Louisville, majoring in political science and economics, and I am the economic health ambassador for the Christina Lee Brown Environment Institute.
3: My name is Mo Farah. I'm a senior undergraduate public health student at the University of Louisville. I'm also a student health ambassador at the Environment Institute looking to make an impact on health sciences globally.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So can we can we just take a take a moment and kind of, I guess reflect on how much our lives have changed in the past what, two, two weeks or so? I feel like it's been a month. How are y'all doing?
3: Every yeah. day seems like it's a week long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Days are long, tiring. Um, just trying to find things to do inside. I mean, take a walk every once in a while, but just trying to social distance best I can. Uh, It's overwhelming, though, just seeing all the numbers and all the people being affected by this. Yeah, holistically, we're going mentally mad, (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) from everything.
0: We're not able to see our friends. We're all been tossed home when we should be at school. Um, We're not able to do, you know, kind of all the regular activities we've, you know, kind of grown accustomed to. So, um, yeah, mentally mad is the only way I can put it. So... Recently,
1: mentally mad. mad. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, So recently, this whole pandemic has taken the world by storm in many, many ways than we could have possibly imagined. Um, You know, it's funny because, you know, a couple months ago, we're kind of just sitting, watching the news, seeing how everything's been playing um, in other countries, just for that to kind of be knocking on our own door last uh, what last? No, it was early. It was early March. So a couple of weeks ago. And so now we are here kind of in a quote unquote shutdown, um, not official. But, you know, we've kind of made it our personal decisions to social distance and, you know, uh, quote unquote, flatten the curve as much as we can. Right. So before we kind of get into all that, uh, the intricacies and how that kind of impacts um these different aspects of our lives each and every day um, we felt as though you know we need to kind of break down what COVID 19 is um, what has caused this whole pandemic and everything in between so mo you are gonna kind of hit that off for us you're gonna yeah.
3: let us know you know what COVID is where it came from etc cetera, etc cetera. so let us know mo COVID 19 um, is caused by a coronavirus um, mind you coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that are common in people and many different species of animals. Um, we don't usually see animal coronaviruses infecting people. However, we have seen it before in uh, MERS Cove. Uh, we've seen it in SARS Cove. And unfortunately now, um, the new SARS cov 2, which is causing the novel coronavirus. Um, mind you, um, all three viruses have their origins um, in bats. Um, So as far as the uh, um, outbreak started, um, the epicenter is uh, in Wuhan, China, and there was a link um, to a large seafood and live animal market suggesting um, animal to person spread. Um, Later on, though, uh, the number grew and a lot of the patients didn't have exposure to animal markets, but um, they started having more person to person spread. Um, which eventually led to ongoing uh, community spread with the virus. Um, and now we're here um, in a global pandemic. Um, unfortunately, like uh, the WHO announced um, on March 11th that COVID-19 was characterized officially as a pandemic. Um, and, yeah, uh, there's illnesses range from mild symptoms uh, to severe illness and death for confirmed cases. Um Symptoms may appear from two to 20, uh, two to 14 days after exposure. Uh, symptoms include fever, uh, cough, shortness of breath. Um, if you develop any uh, emergency warning signs, um, the CDC has uh, recommended you to get immediate uh, medical attention. So you know, if you're experiencing trouble be- breathing and it gets worse, uh, pain or pressure in the chest, um, or you start to see bluish lips or face, yeah, you should probably um, seek uh, med- medical attention. Sure. And uh, mind you, there are, pe- there are populations who are um, at higher risk for severe illness. Um, this includes people aged 65 years and older, uh, people who live in nursing homes, people with chronic lung disease or moderate to severe asthma, um, serious heart conditions, the immunocompromised, including cancer treatment, uh, severe obesity, and then underlying conditions such as diabetes or uh, liver disease. So the virus spreads from mainly person to person um, between people who are in close contact with one another, usually six feet, Um, usually through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. So to protect yourself, I recommend cleaning your hands often, avoiding close contact. Make sure if you do cough or sneeze, you cover the cough or sneeze properly and uh, clean and disaff- disinfect surfaces that you touch daily. So yeah, COVID-19 and a short summary
1: for you. Guys. Short summary. And yeah. like, I, there's, there's also one thing that I want to like point out, especially that I feel um, that's pretty important for the listener at home. Is the fact that, you know, in Wuhan, China, you have these huge populations of people and a lot of mouths to feed. Right. And so the typical, you know, um, way that us as Americans, we go about getting our food, preparing it, uh, so on and so forth. We have to an extent the luxury of, you know, not having to go out of our way to get these um exotic animals and use them as food sources right so that's that's just an issue in of, of itself that's not necessarily anyone's fault but it's just a condition that you know they have to live with um, and so i actually want to kind of uh transition to you know what people are seeing within healthcare um how people can go about testing you know how that has had an effect on our health professionals um, and everything in between. So, Dr. Machindi, I actually want to ask you, what has what has your perspective been within, you know, this whole pandemic? Because you know, you are a health professional. You're in the middle of this. You you are the person who is assisting to take care of these people, right? So, actually, I just want to thank you so much for you know your hard work. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't really realize, you know, the um, effort and the level of empathy that you need to have uh, to do that so thank you but what's your perspective in all of this
2: well first of all i want to thank you young people for putting this together i think this is hope for the future to say young people you are involved and that's what we want because you can get the message out there the main burden that uh, we as healthcare professionals have been getting is mainly the word that has been circulating or the initials PPE, what we call personal protective equipment. That just means masks, that just means um, respirators like the N95s that everybody has come to know, that means just gowns to protect ourselves from droplets, as Mo has been explaining before to say, this is transmitted mainly by droplets. So when we give a distance of uh, six feet, which is about two meters away from each other. At least if somebody is talking, you are not spewing your droplets on somebody else. So as healthcare professionals, when this disease actually started, when this virus started to spread out, people were not aware. So we do believe that we were seeing so many people in the healthcare system that were not not identified. And these people, uh, we're spreading the disease already, way before we knew there was a disease out there. So now we're seeing pockets that are rising because people didn't take uh, drastic measures that should have been taken earlier on. And as we go day to day, the numbers are rising because there are so many people that might have been uh, that, that might have the disease but still didn't show any symptoms. So the burden is now identifying those people so they can try to stay away from others. That way we don't continuously spread the disease. But as it is as of now, as everybody continues to maintain their distance away from each other, six feet away from each other, stay in quarantine, we think we're going to be able to flatten the curve again, as Mo has been saying earlier on. So our burden is uh, to just uh, continue to provide PPE to the health care workers who are on the front line. We are also including firefighters, ambulance drivers, even people that work in the shops because... Those are essential things and needs that people need for them to survive survive on a day-to-day basis. So from a frontline perspective, what we need is just our personal protective equipment. And again, getting the word out there to say, if you don't have the disease today, it doesn't mean you may not have it tomorrow. So if you hear somebody has COVID-19, do not think you are immune because you may be okay today, but if we don't take drastic measures, Within a couple of weeks, within a couple of days, it may be on you as well. So everybody mm. must do, do their due diligence to just kind of stay away and follow directions as they are given.
1: Uh, okay. And I actually want to, you know, go into uh, social distancing a lot later, but I actually have another question for you. So, you know, as students, as um, people just kind of sitting down, reading the articles, watching the news, seeing how, you know, there has been a emphasis on the lack of testing within uh, the US specifically. Um, and so, you know, we do know that <clears throat> gradually um, a lot of this testing has become more available, but what, has, what does it look like from your point of view in terms of testing and making sure that people aren't being turned away just because they aren't, you know, checking all the symptoms for COVID-19?
2: So, testing is still a problem, as it is. We have all these new testers that are coming on and being presented, but they are not widely available. So at the end, we are still uh, we're still focusing more on people that are symptomatic. If you don't have symptoms, you may have the disease, you may not, but even with an infection with the virus, if you don't have symptoms, we still recommend, quarantine by yourself and again you adhere to the 14 day quarantine period. And again, if you have symptoms, then that brings you to being at home in self isolation if your symptoms are pretty mild and again within seven days you if you are to worsen, then we're gonna see those symptoms. Then you have to be fever free and again symptom free for the for seventy two hours before we can allow you to be back in the in the community. So it the end, it's not uh, that we don't want to test everybody, but we have to mm. keep the testers for the people that actually are presenting with symptoms so that we can be able to take care of them. So, again, availability is getting better, but it's not everywhere as well. I will let you uh, probably just to give you a perspective from uh, where I practice medicine. We do our testers and we have to mail them out. Sometimes the turnaround uh, is seven to eight days for us to get the results. And I'm talking as of Friday. So we don't have that availability still there. We kind of town to say testing is better. Yes, it's better than where it was two weeks ago, but we're still not there. And again, we're still reserving the tests for people that are presenting with symptoms so that they can get the care that they need.
1: Okay. And so for, I mean, I guess, what would you say to the people who, um, you know, might not have any symptoms um, kind of feel as though they can just continue their life as if nothing has changed, as if we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, because I mean, from you know the perspective of someone who isn't really familiar with you know the scientific side, the healthcare side, um, if I don't have symptoms, like why should I act as though you know I do and quarantine myself? What would you say to them?
2: So everybody responds a little bit differently to uh, the physiological aspect of the body in fighting any infection or any disease process. With COVID-19, some people, they have uh, major symptoms. Some people, they are asymptomatic. So you may presume that you don't have it, but if you do and then you don't show symptoms, the next person you're going to be in contact with, their immune system may not be as strong as yours you may be passing it around. and As we say, we don't have testers for us to test you to say, do you have it, do you not? So presume that everybody has a possibility of being infected at this point. So cautionary measures to everybody else, you may be okay, but you go around, you may just be passing infection to others that uh, will probably end up with a severe immune compromise and uh, may uh, have the burden of the disease in the long run. So. We still say, even if you don't have any symptoms, do not go about with your day-to-day business. Follow the instructions within your areas. And again, maintain that distance that we need uh, from other people. And again, quarantine, it's for everybody because it will help us stop the disease process. You may not have symptoms, but you may be a carrier.
1: Okay. So what if, what, if, what if I wanted to hang out with someone? And what if it was, I don't know, a group of five? What would you say to that?
2: well as long as you're gonna maintain six feet away from each other at all times then i would probably say that may be acceptable no more gatherings i would say greater than 10 at this point that's what we are saying but again are you going to be disciplined enough to say you are six feet from each other at all times if that can happen then i can say okay five people you can be closer together but at the same time the risk gets higher because uh, we, are, we don't have uh, markers where you say this is the six feet radius where I have to stay away from each other. So yeah. at the end of the day, that may be broken.
1: Yeah. So I guess like in a perfect world, that would be more realistic. But we know, especially, you know, as young individuals, our tendencies to kind of push that, push that boundary a little more and more. But so you would say socially distance, socially distance, socially distance, no matter what. Just do what you can.
2: That is the answer to the problem we have at hand. And again, uh, everybody has to understand that COVID-19 is a virus. We don't have treatment for viruses. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. influenza, SARS, there is no treatment. They, the reason why other issues like uh, the flu and um, other uh, diseases and other viruses that are out there are better today is because we have vaccination. So we are looking forward and being hopeful to say maybe if we end up with a vaccination, then we will say we have uh, kind of uh, uh, developed immunity to the community. But as of now, there is no treatment out there. All these medicines that are being tried, they are mm. not to treat the viruses, But again, some they are helping with the burden of the symptoms that are being caused by the virus. So our vigilance has to continue to be taken because... Uh, uh, if we are not very careful, uh, this will kind of continue to spiral because it's a virus, there's no treatment. So for us to kind of uh, keep down uh, the number of people that are infected and be able to flatten the curve, it just has to be um, cautionary precautions to be a, li- a little bit uh, distance away from each other. And at the same time, for, for this particular point in time, just stay uh, in your home and even within the home, if somebody is going in and out to work, you got to presume to say out there as they are working, they have the potential to be in contact with somebody with the disease. So just take mm-hmm. good care and good measure.
0: I'm yeah. also going to ask you a question, mom, um, um, before we let you loose. <laughs>
2: um,
0: Dr. Mashindi, so kind of away from the science, away from the workplace, um, I think many people fail to realize that a lot of our medical professionals are still people with families, uh, people with personal lives, um, and you know, real human beings with emotions. So, just kind of away from uh, the work realm, um, and you kind of looking at this situation, what kind of scares you about this whole pandemic? What kind of um, kind of shakes you to the core about this whole situation?
2: So, and I think you put it across the right way to say we are humans. Yes, we are professionals, but at the end of the day, we are humans just like uh, everybody else. And when we are dealing with the patients in the hospital setting or even in a clinical setting, uh, as you all know, we now have a lot of clinics that have been set aside separately. Some they are called COVID clinics, some they are called triage clinics, but to deal with the burden of people that have uh, COVID-19. So as we are handling these people again, The stress, the pressure to say you are directing to the people with the disease, can I get it and then can I spread it to my family? Can I get it and can I succumb to the disease as well? It's a constant worry in many of the health professionals. But again, we get up every day, we put in on our gear, we go to work because we believe uh, that uh, this is going to end at some time. And again, our jobs, we kind of make a difference in the community as a whole. So that is the reason why you hear the whole country crying for PPE because if we are protected, we can be able to overcome the burden of getting the disease ourselves. And then that will kind of help us to continue to help others.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us in this conversation. I think, you know, your perspective and the thousands of other professionals, um, their perspectives are just as important and one that, you know, a lot of us really need to hear to consider, you know, the, the actions we should be taking as well as the fact that, you know, you all um, have a part to play as well as, you know, us as everyday uh, citizens. So thank you again for joining us.
2: You are very welcome. And thank you guys for what you do and continue to spread the word. And again, six feet, I hope you guys are sitting all together.
1: I <laughs> uh, will. <we're> <laughs> the video. So. <laughs> yes, locked in my. Uh, thank you, Dr. Mashindi.
2: You are very welcome.